0: So do your duty, this, and do it in divine consciousness, and this way you will get to know your ultimate truth. But what happens is you may see some spiritual video that says you need to become a renunciant and, 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 and give away all your possessions and live in the Himalayan mountains. This is for one certain person. This is for a certain nature. So spirituality, we often hear the word dharma. Dharma is a very misunderstood word. Dharma essentially means nature.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson, and today I am back with yet another magnificently inspiring guest. His energy pours off the screen as I get to sit here and look at him on my computer, and I know that his energy will also permeate the airwaves as you listen to him and hear his voice and hear his message and receive the gifts that he has to share with the world today. I do this show because it is so So important to me to connect with people in this world who are being who they truly are, expressing their gifts in the world in whatever unique expression that happens to come into being and who are devoted to that and who by extension are then inspiring others to do the same. And so my guest today is uh, Coach Nick. As one of the most captivating trainers to hit the stage, Coach Nick is a dynamic energy that is a highly sought after resource for coaches and healers around the world who are looking to have a greater impact, grow their missions, and create a lifestyle for themselves all at the same time. As a keynote trainer, coach, and thought leader on sales, influence, and spirituality, Coach Nick energizes people to transform the way they look at sales influence and business. As a skillful storyteller, he weaves ancient and modern wisdom into practical lessons that can be used to create immediate results. These lessons are masterfully planted into the student's mind for long-lasting results. Coach Nick uses his endless supply of energy to transform our globe well beyond the big stage and public appearances using social media to share the message of growth, transformation, and freedom. As a practitioner of bhakti yoga and a disciple of H.H. Bhakti Swami, Coach Nick, also known as Nakula Dasa, is able to broadcast a spiritual energy that transforms business discussions into a vehicle for deep transformation in the hearts of his students. His work and message has landed him in major newspapers, radio, and TV broadcasts, plus hundreds of life and business podcasts including now the one and only Being Inspired Radio Show. So Coach Nick, welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, I so appreciate being here.
1: And I don't always read long bios. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But you know what? When I read everything that you shared in that, I—I um, I don't know. It to me, it inspired me. It got me excited to talk with you. And I feel that that energy is now going out to all of those listening, going, "Wow, I need to know more about this man and what he does." I and I loved the, all of the almost what I would call like paradoxes inherent in what you do. I mean, all these words. Being put together like spiritual and sales—that um, <laughs> I think we're really going to get to talk about today. Because I don't know. We'll, we'll see where the conversation leads us. But I think there is this um, misconception of what it means to be "quote unquote" spiritual, or what it means to share our gifts with the world. So I'm really looking forward to your um, your message or your mission to help people and inspire those of us to uh, better understand how to make our business or our career a spiritual path to self-realization. And so what I've done is I have found a quote from a a book that I have read on my journey that has inspired me to jumpstart this conversation. And this is a book I often reference because it is just chock full of wisdom and quotes. Um, It's Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. And it's her take on A Course in Miracles. So if you really want to know the, the, all of what it's referencing, you can go to the source, of Course in Miracles, um, but her book is a digestible way of getting those principles into your life. And I love the connection to love, which is of course something that's very important to you in your practice and in your training and in your life. So this is the quote that I'd like to read. And then I ask um, Nick and all those listening to tune in to the words that she has to say about this idea of career and see what it says to you, what comes up for you, and then we'll we'll take it from there. So the quote is this, the key to a successful career is realizing that it's not separate from the rest of your life, but is rather an extension of your most basic self. And your most basic self is love. Miracle workers are not in business only to make money they're in business to inject love into the world. So what does that bring up for you or mean to you, Nick?
0: Oh, I think that she's, uh, you know, for me, I'm very in alignment with that message. Um, business is a natural function of life. Business is, a, is, first of all, is a human term. It's an English human term <laughs> right, that's to describe uh, transaction. And transaction has been described as, you know, the law of exchange or the law of reciprocity. Uh, If you look at a a bumblebee going from flower to flower to flower, it's literally pollinating these flowers. It's doing business. It's moving resources, right? It's transacting. If you look at an ant who leaves its colony and grabs a piece of leaf and comes back, uh, you know. What's the difference between when you leave your home, you go to work to make some money and come back. You may think it's different. You may think, oh, I, I'm doing something else, but you're actually just doing what every, every living entity is doing. Uh, so business is uh, nothing more than just a word that we use to describe this one particular function of the process of life, which is transactional, uh, giving and receiving. And so when in that quote, uh, what comes up for me is just what I what I stand for and what I teach is that uh, sales, business, all of these words that have so much meaning behind it, I'm really trying to take those meanings and, and you know, kind of throw them away and say, let's just get back to the essence. What is the process of life? The process of life, whether you're the ant, whether you're the tree or the human being, is you're going to grow, you're going to grow, you're going to go and grow on a journey. Hopefully, you're going to grow. You're definitely going to go, and uh, and uh, if you do this, you will tap into the limitless supply of abundance. And if you tap into that limitless supply of abundance, if you live in harmony with the process of life, then naturally you'll also be good at business or your career and once you really understand that then there's no like you know then there's no uh, negative feelings towards sales or business or or anything you just realize what is the process of life so to me it just it, it really uh, it's a nice quote it's perfect for uh, what i do and and this discussion beautiful
1: and i i love the that image of it, it this is inherent in all living entities we are transactional Giving, receiving, exchange, pollination—all of these. Already, I'm, I'm getting this. I can feel a sense of peace, a sense of ah, uh, a sense of relief or relaxation. Hearing you say those things, because I think so many of us, as I mentioned, even reading your introduction, I think many of us spend time in our life either in conflict or battling or seeing these things as separate, you know, me doing my work in the world or me being a spiritual being, quote unquote, whatever. So I love how you're bringing it all together. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. I had another question, but this actually feels more present right now, which is how, how either what has your journey been or how do you now can you talk to us a little bit about this idea of merging these two seemingly opposing ideas? You know, I go to work and I make money and then I'm, I go and meditate and I connect with the one and only divine within, you know, I mean, mm. how, what did that look like or what is that like for you to connect those together and not see them as separate?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, we have to, you know, when we talk about the divine, you know, and I'm going to connect with the divine or, or, you know, um, then, then we're talking about that, which is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. So we're talking about something that is within uh, and without and permeates through everything. So there, it just alone, how could you say that going to work is not then divine? You, so the, the very essence, what spiritual means is to means I'm connected with the source, and the source, by definition, is connected to everything right? So therefore, what material means is I'm not connected to source. So material and spiritual don't have anything to do with what you do or don't do. There are some activities that, what we'll call material activities, that, that you kind of takes you away from, uh, you know, uh, that divine consciousness. So when you're engaged in certain activities, there's, they seem to take you away, you feel more disconnected. That's what we'll call a more material activity. Is it really material? No, nothing is actually material. Actually, there is no such thing as the material world or platform. But what makes it material is your consciousness. So the problem is not work or not work or business or not business or anything like this. The problem is the consciousness in which you hold. In certain ways, you see... Maybe because you've watched a lot of YouTube videos or you know whatever, you think that spirituality means you have to sit in a lotus position and you know and talk like this and say "Namaste," or whatever right like you know, just kind of being a little you know funny here in the sense of like you think you 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 think spirituality has to look a certain way, and because you think it has to look a certain way then you think that when it, when you're doing something that doesn't look like that, then you think it's not spiritual. But that would actually, that that in itself would be material because you think that one thing is material and one thing is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. When you see what what Christ consciousness or Krishna consciousness or divine consciousness or yoga consciousness or whatever you want to name it, right? Whatever you want to name it, that's fine. But what it means is that you see everything in relation to the divine source. Hmm. When you see everything in relation to divine source, you are spiritually connected. You are living a spiritual life. So that means you could be hanging out with your negative brother or negative sister and you may think, oh, geez, they're not so spiritual. You know, they really need to read this book. Let me, you know, and blah 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 blah. Right? That's what I call spiritual superiority. Right? You know, it's mm-hmm. right. All of a sudden, you've read three books and you're a guru. Right? We have a lot of that going on, and 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 that actually is like um, is still material. So um, the, the the point is is that there is no opposing opposite, um, you know, sales and spirituality, business and spirituality, work life and business life. That's what Marianne Williams said in that quote, right? When you see that there is no difference between your work life and your spiritual life and your family life, it's just life. Life is just happening. It's a happening. And there is a process to it. And you just align yourself with that process and things are going to work really nicely for you. And so if you have an area of your life that is not aligning, you know, there's a lot of friction or turmoil, then good chances are that somewhere in there is a disalignment to the process of life. You've kind of gone off the track a bit of the process. And so all you need to do is bring yourself back on track. And how do you bring yourself back on track? It's in your consciousness connected what you do back to the source so in uh there's a, a famous book uh maybe some of you have heard of it called bhagavad-gita bhagavad-gita is an ancient text it translates into uh, uh bhagavad-gita means the song of god that's the translation of it and so in bhagavad-gita krishna who is the speaker of bhagavad-gita who's the speaker of these teachings says, uh, he describes different yogic systems and he starts off by describing karma, yoga, karma means action. Whatever action you take is your karma, your body, your mind, everything about your life is your karma. When you take action in yoga, yoga means union. When you take action in union with the divine source, you are in divine consciousness. He actually says, do your duty. It is better to do your duty than some, uh, imperfectly than someone else's duty perfectly. Meaning, if you are in household life, like myself, I live, I have a wife, I have a business, you know, I am not a monk, I'm a yogi, but I'm not a monk. I don't live a renounced life so my duty is to build my business to provide for my family to to grow and to learn so do your duty this and do it in divine consciousness and this way you will get to know your ultimate truth but what happens is you may see some spiritual video that says you need to become a renunciant and 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 Give away all your possessions and live in the Himalayan mountains. This is for one certain person. This is for a certain nature. So spirituality, we often hear the word Dharma in spirituality. Dharma is a very misunderstood word. Dharma essentially means nature. That is the actual transition. Actually, in the Gita, Krishna says, dharma means to know me, me meaning the divine source. So he says, your dharma is to know me, meaning your dharma is to know the truth of who you are and your connection with the divine source. That is your purpose. So your purpose is not to be a coach and a singer, or my purpose is to travel or my purpose. No, that's things that you do in the world. What you do and your purpose may be interlinked, but the purpose of life is to become self realized now you how does you how will you become self realized may be a little bit different to how i become self realized because we have different dharmas or different natures so when you know your nature you align with your nature and by aligning with your nature you're aligning with what the source is Planned out for you or given you or laid out, however you want to put that into language, and you will become realized in that. And so for most people on the planet, most people living listening to this show, your nature is to be in household life. Your nature is to do some work, to take care of your kids, to have your house. But the problem is, is, is you you have a misunderstanding mainly because of new age philosophies who have half read the, the philosophies. And haven't learned from a disciplined succession. What does this disciplined succession mean? You see, you mentioned my guru, Bhakti Mart Swami, right? Swami comes from a line of another guru called A.C. Bhakti uh, Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. Prabhupada comes from another master, uh, Bhakti Vanod Thakur. And we can trace this line all the way back to Krishna himself, wow. speaker of the Bhagavad Gita. So what you really want to do is not so much learn from just everybody who's just read a spiritual book and then now is maybe teaching it. This is creating a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. And what happens is people are taking certain concepts in this new age sort of movement, and they are only highlighting certain aspects of it. Like people love the law of attraction, right? Because... Mm -hmm. Get what you want when you want, right? You know, which is not the law of attraction. That's like, like that's like the maybe tip of the iceberg of what the law of attraction actually is. But that's, but that's what we're getting. So what we're really getting is a very misconstrued way of looking spirituality. So for me personally, I, I, I'm speaking from personal experience when I was really going down my and still am going down my spiritual path and learning, um, is that I was reading all these books and I was watching all the videos and listening to everything but then i was like i want i want someone who lives it i don't want someone who's read it i want someone who lives it so i ended up at temples and in ashrams and in front of shamans and in front of see you got to actually connect yourself with a disciplined succession so when you connect with an actual discipline succession So, a guru who has has a disciple and that disciple then becomes a guru and so forth and so forth, then the information is passed down properly and you get the entire picture. And nowhere in the teaching says that money is bad, that this is bad, that is nothing. There's no talk of bad. Mm -hmm. There is only talk of love. There's only talk of dovetailing everything that you do with divine consciousness that's what we call bhakti yoga bhakti yoga means we dovetail love or or devotion into everything we do and we do it in our nature uh, i am not a renunciant so i don't try to be a renunciant so therefore i have no conflict of of building a business what's the mm-hmm. conflict it's not my na- it's my nature i'm i have a very what's called vaishya an entrepreneurial spirit I have a very entrepreneurial spirit and I'm connected with the divine. I'm in my dharma. And you guess what? I am becoming spiritually evolved as time goes on.
1: Yeah. Wow. First of all, you make my job very easy, coach, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I'm sitting here going, oh, he's he's an, an- oh, he's answering perfect. Wonderful. I love I- it. Let I tend
0: be- to ask the question and then answer it. You do. It. Oh, yeah.
1: I, 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 I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, well, soon, I don't know if I'm... You might be putting me out of a job. No, um, that was so fantastic. So of course, you just said so much great, great, great stuff. And I'm not even going to attempt to go back and like summarize it or even think back to all the questions, but a few things stood out. Um, You know, this idea that doing our duty, first of all, the Bhagavad Gita, which even now I trip over, which is why I never reference that book. So (laughs) I don't reference the text because I can't pronounce it. I have started reading it. Uh, I can say that much. um, And I I love it. Beautiful text, beautiful text. So thank you for uh, reminding us of that. So there's, much around doing our, I think you call it the duty, right? Doing our, doing your duty and doing that in alignment with your nature. And that is your Dharma. And therefore there is no conflict. And I love the idea that no, we don't need to go out and be renunciants or you know, for me, I might look at it more of a, you don't need to go be a, depending on where you live in the world, right? You don't need to go be a nun. You don't need to go be a priest. You don't need to go be a guru or a monk or a, you know, these things don't make you spiritual or make you divine. Um, and I see that like in our Western world, especially when we go to church or something and we see that the God is, you know, God is outside of us. And And that has been my journey back is through more of the Western Christian ideals of, is God within though. I'm very open and interested in more the Eastern philosophies and Eastern religions as well. So I love all of that. And, and then I hear you talk about giving us the inspiration or the invitation, the permission to go out and, and do that, which we are here to do from this dovetailed approach with with love with devotion with divine consciousness now I think the question I have I think I don't think you've answered it quite yet there were a couple that popped up so let's see where it takes you one you talk a lot about the process the process of life and if we you know we follow the process then there we go so there's that question. I'm also going to ask in case uh, I don't have a chance to after, I also want to ask then how that connects with, you know, I think many of us will maybe listen to what you've just said and go, okay, but how do I know what my nature is? How do I know I'm, I'm of the entrepreneurial spirit or I am the one to sit in the temple and, you know, meditate all day or I am, you know. How do we get to uh, not a you know, but where? How do we start to reveal that to ourselves so that we can trust that we are in our dharma or in our following our duty? Sure.
0: So uh, can you say the, fir- uh, uh, you the first? The use- first one was on process. Process. Okay. Like
1: you just in terms because you kept talking about the process of life, so I just wanted you, if you could expound on that a bit.
0: Yeah. Sure. So um, the the so everything is a process in life, right? Like if you look at a seed that becomes a plant that becomes. Fruits, right um, you, you didn't we didn't go from seed to Apple right? Mm. we went from seed to tree to branches to leaves then to Apple um, so we have to remember that everything in nature is a process nothing is um, nothing is coming into a, a manifestation uh, just like that right um, as much as uh, lots of people would love to believe that that is the case um, and yes, can you get to high levels of manifestation abilities? Yes, but you'll see that there's even the ability to do that as a process, right? So you see that that there's always a process. I think that people um, we live in a world of instant gratification. Uh, you know, I can google spirituality and and I can have a million pages come up and and so we think that uh, everything should process as fast as Google. <laughs> uh, I right, but uh, but the but nature doesn't do that, and and believe me for your protection, nature doesn't do that. If every thought you thought came into manifestation, whoo <laughs> bam, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can have a lot of fun with that for sure, right? It matter <laughs> what you're thinking about, but uh,
1: unless you're I'm bipolar gonna... like me, and holy crap, yeah, that is that's
0: really right, like yeah, yeah, strategy. just uh, yeah, totally. Like you, you trust me for for your protection. You don't want things coming into manifestation so quickly. Uh, you you really do want it to be a process. Uh, so when I say align with the process of life, it meaning understand how life is working. Not and that just because you've got used to something. Doesn't mean that that is the way, that is the natural process. Um, So for instance, we live in, most of us are living in very big cities. uh, And uh, there's a lot of uh, vibrations in big cities. A lot, there's always some noise, some buzzing, some sounds, right? And you've gotten used to this, so uh, so you think, well, this is must just this is normal. Actually, it's not, because um, when most people go into nature, they go, oh, I feel so good. You see, that feeling good is actually because that means in the, the environment that you're currently in, you don't feel good. You've just gotten used to not feeling good. So therefore, when you go into an environment that does make you feel good, you're like, oh, that feels so good. So the first thing is recognize your subtle energies. This is where meditation and everything comes into play, is to recognize where am I feeling good? Where am I not feeling good? And to recognize what is not feeling good. Now for most people, they don't realize that they're unhappy. So many people in the world are unhappy but don't know it. And, they, and I say they don't know it because everybody around them is unhappy. And they just believe like, like if you, let's say work, let's say like, uh, uh, let's say at a big company, for instance, and, and it's just a very drama. There's lots of drama and lots of blah, blah, blah. And people are, are, you know, intoxicating a lot, lots of alcohol, lots of coffee, lots of sugar, uppers, downers, inners, outers, whatever, whatever, right? All these things you, you, you may just think that, well, this is life. This is just life. So you may think, oh, well, that's life. But then go and spend some time out in nature, and you'll see that you'll get a lot stiller. You'll slow down. You'll feel more joyful. You'll notice more things. Your senses will become sharper. And because your senses are sharper, you'll actually be able to perceive uh, a little bit more of the subtle energies around you. So this, when I say aligning with the process of life, what I mean is aligning back with nature. We as a society as a whole are slowly and slowly. The more technology advances, the less we are aligned with nature. I'm not anti-technology because technology in itself serves a great purpose. And if you use your iPhone, for instance, to do great things in the world, then your iPhone is spiritualized. We'll call it. We'll say that you've we, that you've invoked that that iPhone into the service of of goodness. And but if you use your iPhone to scroll mindlessly on some social media, to look at some drama, to play some game all day, that really you're using it to disconnect because you just don't want to talk to your husband because you don't know what to say to him. So you're just this is no good. This is not the proper use of this this technology. So so to, to align with your your to align with your your nature, to get into the process of life, you have to get truthful with yourself. Hmm. This is where spiritual process isn't just oh love and light and you know, just send positive vibes. No, it's about being truthful. Where am I truthfully avoiding life? Where am I where am I using escapism? escapism is, is I'm doing I'm, I'm watching these spiritual videos online, but I'm not actually like implementing what I'm learning That's called escapism. So we're seeing lots of that going on, right? So the process of life when I say that what I mean is to to be align yourself back with nature's process and a great way to do that spend time in nature nature, <laughs> yeah, nature, nature will naturally, you are part of nature. So you you're, that's the thing. So when you spend time in nature, naturally your body aligns, you know how you can tell right away, your sleep will be reduced. You won't need to sleep as much. Uh, most people are buying into you need to sleep eight, 10 hours a day. If you're sleeping, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. Now, you know, a lot of people argue, oh, Dick, I need that. Uh, go and spend some time in nature and watch how you probably won't need as much sleep. Because sleep is a type of inertia, right? It's a type of almost death, if you will, right? So so every night you kind of like, you know, go into this sort of inertia, right? And why do you go into it? Because your body needs to recharge itself. But if you're already charged up, then why would it need to recharge itself, right? You know, so people say, I need energy, but you are energy. So how do you need something you are? Oh. Because you're more living in your body conscious or material, you're disconnected from your energetic source, right? So anyways, that's, you know, a little bit of But when I say aligning the, the nature, that's what we're going into. And then the, the other question is about the purpose, like, how do I know what is my Dharma? How do I know what's my nature? Well, this is, again, why you want to study with a guru, right? Or why you want to study with a teacher or mentor or read books like you, you had started off the conversation with. Um, So I'll just give you the the different natures at a high level, okay? So the first nature is what we'll call like your, um, you know, more like artisan kind of nature. Uh, This is like a physical nature. Maybe your nature is like you like to build things. You like to create things. You know, you you really want to work with your hands. um, And you have this nature. uh, Athletes, these are all people who work with their bodies. Most people, this is actually their nature in the world, right? They're here they, they have a nature to build and create and work with their hands. They like physical activity. This is good, right? Like in the sense of like, this is your nature. What's happening now is we've trained all of our, our students that you need to go into it. You need to become a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor. You need to, you know, and even though they're like, really, what they want to do is like maybe go build a, a fence or something, right? Or like they, they really like like to build something, but we, we for some reason don't value this, which is foolish. Because if you've ever watched me build a fence, you'll see how fast I can. I'll value anybody who can knows how to build a <laughs> fence, right? Uh, right? You know, I value very much uh, people who can work with their hands because this is not my nature, and so you know, and so uh, I, I get it. it doesn't come naturally. So what we're looking at when we say your nature is what comes naturally to you, and if you've been disconnected or living sort of in the matrix system, we'll call it sort of the you know the, the 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 system that's currently laid out. You you may you may not know your own nature, but it's there in you. So you may have to explore a little bit. So this is the first kind of nature. You may notice that yeah, I want to paint. I want to be physical. I want to ride my bike. I want to you know this is a good good chance that that you are. You are your nature is to do more things on as a, on a physical level The second type of uh, nature that we, you may see is um, like the what we'll call the entrepreneurial nature this this is the type of people who are really who see like things as like they can move resources around like you may you may notice like you may be working at a job and, and, and looking at the business and going man why't isn't, why isn't the owner doing this this like why isn't he just like or she do this this and this? This might be a good good indication that you have this this nature where you can move resources around, you can move things around, and this is very much will will lead to like sort of entrepreneurial type of uh, spirit, Um, creative. uh, Like if you see things gaps in the market, yeah, you know that's another good indicator of that entrepreneurial spirit. The fourth, uh, third type of nature is what we'll call, like, what I'll call the warriors, okay? So these are, like, people who are, like, very, like, um, you know, they get all riled up on politics, right? Like, they're, like, right and wrong. Like, you're really, like, you know, kind of, like, police officers, military personnel, politicians. These kind of war, I call them the warriors, right? And this is also laid out in the Gita. I'm not making any of this stuff up, by the way. This is all coming. This is all ancient knowledge that's very relevant today. Um, so the warriors are very much tend to want to fight for what they believe is right or wrong. They, they want to, um, they believe in following like some moral codes and principles. Uh, they're willing to fight for it. A police officer is literally willing to put his or her life on the line to hold to some social order. Very needed in a, in, a, in a society, right so these are these are so if you have that kind of nature, then maybe you should get involved with politics or the police or the military or or you know uh, start fight for causes and these type of things that you believe in um, so this is this type of nature and then your last um sort of nature is what we'll call like you know, the philosophers a bit you know they're they're the people who kind of they're a little bit more aloof in society. They're a little bit more like um, um, thinkers, you know, so we can, you know, famous, uh, you know, philosophers like Aristotle and, uh, you know, Socrates, um, you know, saints, um, yogis, um, swamis, this nature. Brahmins are very um, into, uh, they're very like into looking at life holistically, They can spend all day contemplating the process of life and and not even have to move. So their, their nature is to sit in the temple and meditate. And they bring tremendous value because actually, because of their nature, they often are seen as the sages. They're often seen as very wise. And the reason they're very wise is because of their contemplative nature. And where most people's nature isn't to be so contemplative, most people will need to act. So in this, if we notice these natures, no nature is better than the other. No one one is worse or better off. But actually, if we all recognize our own nature and fall in line with our nature, we will find that our society will be much more harmonious. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, is people, this education is long lost. Nobody knows, like very few people actually like study this type of thing. And we don't value our philosophers as much as we used to. Uh, we go to, we, we look at MTV and celebrities to see how we should be in life when, you know, we should really be looking at the, the, the philosophers and the introspective people and seeing what they, they have to say. So as a society, we don't generally go to the philosophers anymore. We don't value the sage anymore. Some of us do right and you know some society does but a lot of us don't and this is clear about how we teach uh, how we treat our teachers Mm -hmm. Um, our teachers are some of the most one of the most important functions in society when it comes to future and we have taken so much away from our teachers Mm -hmm. that it just shows where we're at so who do we value in our society we value people that are rich Yeah. Yeah. That's who we value.
1: And then that throws the whole thing off because well and I'm we could go into so much more of this and, and yet mindful of the time, and yet the wealth, the money could go to any one of those natures. And yet because oh, totally. we're out of balance and and, and we've now assigned value you know, in a way that doesn't really make sense anymore, then yeah, we are seeing a disproportionate um, distribution and then that's just, it adds to the conflict. Uh, the question that I'm gonna just be taking offline and, and taking away and maybe you'll have a hit and you'll share with me later is, what are those of us who believe our nature is the nature of the Brahmin, of the, of the contemplative thinker? Uh, you know, if we don't want to go sit in a temple all day, you know, so can mm. we have the, the yeah, names totally. of both, right? Can we merge yeah. and blend the in household
0: age, nature with the Brahmin? Well, what, in, in fact, you'll find that like, you're probably a mix of a few. You're probably like, oh, I, I have this nature and that nature, mm-hmm. which is really uh, evident in, in this age. So, so, um, uh, then you just, you find a way to uh, feed them both. That's what I call becoming a freedom freedompreneur. I'm, I have the Brahmin nature. Mm. I'm very much dominated in that introspective way. I'm very much aloof in my personality. I like to study and read and learn. And yet I'm very much the warrior and the business person, right? Like um, I can move resources and I build successful businesses and such. So the, the whole point of spirituality actually is eventually to transcend that nature. But the way you transcend it is by going through it, not avoiding it. That's why Krishna recommends in Bhagavad Gita, you do your nature. So, what happens is you may think, oh, I'll, I just want to transcend it. Well, the way to transcend it is by going through it, not by avoiding it. So, let's say you're in household life right now, but you're like, man, I just, I really wish I could just sit in the temple all day and, and contemplate life well, great. Well, you know what? Contemplate life while you do your duty or look at your life and be contemplative of it. Mm. Be so engaged in your own life and say, oh, what are my kids teaching me? What is my husband or my wife teaching me? Or what is being single teaching me? Or what is being divorced teaching me? Or whatever, like, you know, you see, it doesn't matter what you present, what is it contemplated in and how you contemplate it is through action you can contemplate it in the mental perspective but contemplate it by engaging in it experiment with it have fun what if i what if i approach my kids in this type of energy what happens mm-hmm. what if i approach them in a different type of energy what happens now what you're doing is you're using your circumstances to evolve which is all you can do mm-hmm. if you only if 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 you continuously wish that some other circumstance is better for you, you are missing the point. Your circumstance is perfect for your evolution. That's why you're in it. So when you start to accept your life, then your nature will begin to flourish. If you you don't have to, like the the apple tree doesn't go, oh, am I... Am I in the nature of an apple tree? <laughs> is it my nature to be an apple tree? No, it's just being an apple tree. You Just be you and your nature will naturally flourish. The only the only reason that you don't feel out of in, in your nature is because somehow you've bought into an idea that you need to be something other than what you are.
1: A hundred percent. And we're going to leave it with that because that is so... So good. So good. And I could not agree more. And I can see why you are so good at what you do and how you can take a stage and and inspire and motivate and, and work with others in such a way because I can sense it. This is a truth that is within you. Um, it is not something you have simply read. It is something that you have studied, practiced, and, and, and integrated into your beingness because it, you have remembered that it is who you truly are. It was nothing that you needed to go out and, uh, and find. So anyway, thank you for sharing all of that. And I am just, wow, we could have so many more conversations. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask three closing questions. Sounds so the good. listening, my goodness, go back and you might have to go back and listen to this episode a few times and, and perhaps we'll have Coach Nick on uh, for a repeat if uh, if he feels so inclined to do so. So the, the first question I like to ask everyone, and you may have already answered some of these. So if you have, great. Who is a source of inspiration for you and why?
0: Oh man, so many, like it's so many, it's hard to, it's hard just to break it down to one person. Um, I'm like, uh, Napoleon Hill. I'm going to, I'm going to say Napoleon Hill as, as one. Uh, there's so many, but I'll, I'll give, I'll give a shout out to Napoleon Hill in in this interview, because I think Napoleon Hill nicely blends the two worlds together that we've been talking about. So I think uh, for this particular interview, Napoleon Hill is a great source of inspiration. Um, His book, The Laws of Success, and his book, I know his famous book is Think and Grow Rich, but actually the laws of success and outwitting the devil, I think are just fantastic pieces of literature that nicely marry spiritual principles with practical everyday life uh, for people like me and you, you know, regular people that are paying bills and raising families and, and you know, the, all that kind of stuff. So I think Napoleon Hill really, really did some great work for the world.
1: Thank you for that. Wonderful. He's not the, yeah, it's not the first time he's come up on the show and yet, um, yeah, I love that answer and the fact that uh, it does feel like a nice fit. I have yet to read, I would love to get the laws of success. I that, I think you now are maybe the second guest who has commented on that book and that text feels like it could be in alignment for me. I don't know. So I'll have to check uh-huh. it out. And those listening, if you felt the little ting in your body when he said that, go follow that, go follow that. And, and get the book. All right, second question. What place or activity is most inspiring you right now?
0: I'm doing a, uh, a particular practice and learning, and I've actually Napoleon Hill talks about this in Laws of Success, it's very nice. So Napoleon Hill talks a lot about sexual transmutation, that learning to work with your sex energy in a non-sexual way, meaning like, so right now in the world, sex is... Huge, of course. It's predominant. It's part of nature. It's part of the process of life here, right? Um, but it is, it is highly like we live. It, it's, it's it's a weird economy. Like it, I, I find uh, we live in a almost like an overly sexual. It's North America I'm speaking uh, right now. Uh, so we live almost in like an, an almost like an overly sexual uh, society where sex is being used to sell everything and to because it is our basic nature and and large companies and they know this and they play on it. And I, uh, and yet at the same time, it's almost like a repressed thing. It's weird. It's like I said, it's kind of a strange thing. So I'm very much fascinated about, um, uh, and doing lots of study on, um, how we can use our sex energy to create success, enlightenment, how the ancient yogis did it, how the Taoists did it, how the um, uh, you know um, the Ottoman Empire how they taught it. So I'm doing lots of study and reading around this particular topic. Um, King Solomon, uh, how how they use it. All of these uh, sort of people in history who have learned this secret of sex energy. And so I'm doing several studies. I'm actually working with a, uh, with someone right now uh, called uh, Sexual Kung Fu. And we're learning, uh, I'm specifically learning how to use that energy in spiritual ways. And uh, it's fascinating and it is life transformative. So that's what's inspiring me right now.
1: Sounds good. It's, it's inspiring me too. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm so
1: glad you pointed to that. It is a dichotomy. This, Yes, we are like overly sexually repressed. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's,
0: it's really it like, and the more aware I'm becoming of it, the more I'm like, it's it's kind of this weird dynamic where it's almost like it's everywhere but don't talk about but it. But don't talk
1: about it. Certainly don't do it. Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, don't Dude, do it. Don't, don't let, let people know.
0: It. That's right. Yeah, don't let anybody know you're doing it. Yet we've got kids <laughs> being born every day. I wonder how I that happened. No, I know. But, no, that's Yeah, so, you know, one of the things, you know, that that I personally am really fascinated about is and 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 would like to, you know, bring to the attention of the population is that, you know, sex is part of process of life. And actually, the, the the less we sexualize our life and the more that we bring bhakti into it, devotion, love behind it, then that energy can be transformed into such a magnificent energy because it's literally life force. Sex energy, we can just tr- transform that name into life energy. It creates life as in babies, but that energy is also what can create your business. It can what create your whole lifestyle, health. It's really a, a secret that's not a secret, but it is quite a secret to most people about how that energy can be utilized in many ways.
1: Awesome. Good, good, good. All right. Third and final question. What book, you've already mentioned a few, but maybe you'll have another one come up, what book has inspired you on your journey?
0: Well, and I, yeah, I'm trying to think of another one. So I've mentioned Bhagavad Gita, of course. This is a standard book in, in, in my life. Uh, lots of success with Napoleon Hill um, okay I'm gonna uh, someone Bunda that just came to mind uh, Jesus CEO this is an interesting book so I, I can't even tell you the author but if you just look up Jesus CEO really interesting book and, and what the author did was the author took uh, a, a practical look at the life of Jesus and said okay so we know Jesus has this you know as either you know Jesus as the Son of God or you know Jesus as a great soul and mystic, however you look at Jesus, undeniable, Christian or not Christian, undeniable, Jesus is a force to reckon with and and we should all pay attention. And so uh, so what she did was, I thought it was really interesting, is she took Jesus and looked at him and kind of put him in a, a, like a role of a CEO and said, let's take him and let's let's make him practical for a second. And let's see what he did. Oh, he trained others. He started a movement He and she took his life and his teachings and broke it down into like a very like practical way for leaders to follow in Jesus's footsteps, how you train other people to create a bigger mission. He didn't do it on his own. He trained his 12 and then he got his 12 to go out and, and preach. Um, you know, decisions he had to make. And they, and I, I found it to be a very fascinating book again, which marries a very practical look at, a, 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 you know, at, at a very influential being uh, on this planet.
1: Mm, beautiful. Well, that is lovely. I, I adore how all of your answers came to highlight a little bit of what we've been talking about and what you've been sharing today. And Nick, I could talk to you all day long, we could. I could sit in the ashram with you. I don't even know if you can are allowed to talk in ashrams. I'll be honest. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, gonna...
0: you can. Ours are. You can some. <laughs> of you can. Ours are actually, and we're we're known as Hare Krishnas, and we sing and we dance in ours. Like ours okay. is a big party. I could,
1: yeah. So. Oh, I love it. This has been so delightful. I mean, so delightful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your enthusiasm and your love and your passion and your inspiration and your wisdom with all of us today. This has been such a such a treat for me.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. you uh, inviting me to be here.
1: And for those listening, I, I just know you got so, so, so much good stuff out of this conversation. Please go check out Coach Nick. You can find him at coachnickspeaks.com. Course, I'll put links in the show notes, et cetera. So you can link to him, find him on social media. Just, I don't know, finding people like this in the world and staying connected with them. And 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 most importantly, then taking something that he said or something that he he inspired you to do or be or say go out and do that thing or be that thing or say that thing. That's what this is about. Um, Whether or not you become an avid follower, that it's not essential, but we want you to be inspired to go out and live your dharma, to reconnect with your true nature. So whatever was spoken here today, allow it to have that impact and influence and inspiration in your life. And with that, I will sign off and say until next time, many, many blessings.